The Redneck Tech Podcast is brought to you by Mike'sArchery.com. They're a one-stop shop for virtually everything archery, bow hunting, and for your next outdoor adventure. Mike's Archery has been at the top of the archery game for over 50 years, and they want to give listeners of the Redneck Tech Podcast 10% off their entire online store using the code REDNECK10, all one word. Just put the code in before you check out, and your boys will hook you up. The guys at Mike's have always been good to us, and now they can be good to you too. Visit mikesarchery.com and get your gear now. Right here, right here, right here. Yeah. You want it? Yeah. You know what I was just thinking through the intro of that podcast? What it's something we that we need to do? Since we have OBS now, we can run a Mike's Archery commercial oh. over that now. I, I think, think I think we run the Acorn Squeaker, <laughs> Acorn Cruncher, Cruncher. <laughs> Ryer, I think Cruncher. we make it a religious part of our podcast that at the beginning of every podcast we rate his transition. Today, I'm going to fix it. I would give it. I'm going to fix it so y'all can't. You're going to put it all in one. Well, you know another thing, That's our cheating. open doesn't do. Our open's cool and it's sound design. It's got like somebody shooting a deer, but like it doesn't say what Redneck Tech Podcast is, which so. I don't know. You think we should fix that? No. Because we can. We don't have to. I think we need to start doing like all the other podcasts and have 25 minutes of advertisements before you even get into it. Well, that means we make money, so I'm be okay with that. True. Because all you got to do is fast forward. Yep, that 30 seconds. Of mm, yeah. Hell of a drug. <laughs> <laughs> so, as you can see, if you're watching the live, um, we have, he's better known as 42 Pros, but Matthew Postel, said it right? That's right. So... He is here all the way from the north land of North Carolina. So you weren't too terribly far away. It was like, what, four or five hours? It's three and a half. Oh, three and a half, even better. Not bad. Um, so he is usually on the live stream of the chat answering questions that we haven't answered yet because he's very tech savvy and very up on latest technology and things like that. And we're going to talk about some of that. But we asked on a live stream a while back, I think it was Ryer asked where your name came from. And yep. we kind of said it on the podcast, but I want you to give – First of all, introduce yourself and okay. then tell us where the name 42 Pros comes from. Okay. Matthew and your, answer, your Instagram handle is 42 Pros yep. for those of you that all don't across, know. All platforms, 42 Pros. That's my, my business uh, name, so search it up wherever you'll find it. But uh, 42 Pros actually came from, originally it was Code 42 Films because I had started doing all the vi- videoing, editing, photography work outside of what I was doing as a police officer. So, okay. So for the 10 codes in the police world, if, if anybody's out there a cop, 1042 means you're off-duty. So I was doing this outside of my police work on my off-duty hours, so it transitions and morphed into 42 pros, and pros is for productions. Okay. So What's the it, 10 code for high-speed pursuit? Is there one? Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's not, not telling you. <laughs> <laughs> I know I know a little bit better than to tell you that. <laughs> so here's here's the, the here's the cool part, and this is Ryer, yeah. you can leave the podcast at this time and we can call you when you want to come back. But can why I didn't a snack? You, why didn't you name it after something baseball? Because we just found out today that you played four years in the minors for the Marlins. Yep. Well, it's just one of those things that I didn't it really wasn't relatable, you know, because I, I didn't play professional baseball. For years, uh, 02 was my last year with them, so there's a big disconnect. It was 10 years of yeah, I guess you know. I could see that. So, finally, someone that's in the office is better at baseball than me. 
You do have a pitcher. Oh right. my god, dude! Between these two with athletic prowess, is it's just that was a good play. That's the best line you've had in a minute. Yeah, and I'm pretty proud of it. <laughs> and he's a left-handed pitcher, right? So. Yeah. Double bio. All right, this guy holds the record oh, for bunts go. for hits. So. My senior year okay. in the we state not, of Florida. We've not yeah. got – I mean, okay. we're not playing That's like with a full deck here. like the record for the tallest midget. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like who really cares about that? So how many rings you got? Two. Like championship rings? Yeah. Sweet. Well, yeah. high school? No. College? Three. Really? Yeah. Anymore? No. Ah, oh. No. I went Division three player. My freshman, <laughs> oh, okay. my freshman year, we were fourteen and twenty seven, and there's Ooh. Yeah, that's rough. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you don't, you where don't do you have three rings from uh, state championship in high school, and then two conference in college. Well, if you were fourteen and twenty seven, how did you win a conference? Those well, the next two year. years. Oh, they okay. give out rings in high school for <clears throat> state championships. For state championships, yeah. of course yeah. they do. They give out rings for just about everything now. Like kind of the ring thing is not as important as it used to be. I was about to say, I don't but really they, feel like. Like, back in the day, the winter ring was, like, top of the mountain. I don't know how they do it in, in Georgia, but in Florida, every sport except for football, the booster club or the sport has to pay for their own ring. Yeah, same here. In football, yeah. the state pays for it, which is dumb. Because yeah. mine looks like a, a cool class ring. Yeah. Because, I mean, the booster club didn't have. So we won. So we won. never wear them? Why don't you Tom Brady up in here with those? You make fun of me enough. The next thing I need to do is walk in and be typing on my keyboard, and you see a state championship. So you admit they're not cool. The only time you would wear something like that is like at a reunion or something. Yeah, and and even then it's kind of a straight douche move to wear. Yeah. That. Now, if I had yeah. a world cha- world series well, ring, yeah, I would yeah, literally yeah, yeah. wear it every, every day. I don't know why why Tom Brady doesn't wear every single ring at all times because he's standing and next win, to, and he, win games with ten rings on his fingers just to flex. Because he's standing next to Giselle Bundchen, and you don't need to wear rings when you're standing next to Giselle Bundchen. Well, you want to wear one ring. Well, True. you don't. True. Well, yeah. True. You want to make sure that ring is, is on it's locked in, attached, locked in, locked in. Contract signed. Yeah. Yeah. So it's funny. That's she made up as well she made more situation. money than him. She made more money than he did doing Victoria's Secret modeling. Than he did playing professional football. There's still hope for me. For the football or the Victoria's Secret? We're not going to get anywhere in this oh. podcast. This is terrible already. Okay, so. Anyway, so now we've got the backstory of 42 Pros, which is yep. cool. And we know now know that you're clearly a superior athlete than Clay. So <laughs> let's talk about what we actually came to talk about, which is production. So yep. you do – we've been talking in the office a little bit. So you've done some corporate stuff, some business-to-business stuff, and you do a lot of fishing, and you've done some hunting stuff too. So you kind yep. of ran the gamut on everything. Yep. So of everything that you've done, what's your favorite piece of content that you've got to do so far? Well, it would be the bad Boop. lands film. The bad lands film. That uh, that project was a year long deal. Yeah, I got to do it with two great guys, Matt and uh, Sean. Sean was the the main character, and uh, just a lot of planning, the filming, the the scenery. I mean, just yeah. putting it together was a, was a hoot. How was, was that? How was that process like submitting it to the <clears> film festival? How does that go on the back end of that? Because we we haven't done it yet. Well, uh, there's a there's a cutoff date, so yeah. you obviously you got to plan accordingly. And we filmed in early October, so I basically had two months to work on organizing and editing. So you shot and then did the the main edit. Yep. Okay. Yep. So how yep. many shooters? Two shooters and then just you as yep. editor. Yep. 
I mean, that's a really small project. It's essentially four guys. Correct. Or three, three, three guys. Three guys. Smaller. So, uh, so that was your favorite project. And I know you do a lot of fishing stuff. I mean, being yep. in North Carolina, you're fairly close to the coast, but I know you travel all over. So what's some of the yep. fishing stuff that you've gotten into lately? A lot of it is the tournament world. So I'll cover a lot of tournament events, you know, weigh-ins and different things like that. Sometimes I get to get on the boat and actually have some fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just kidding. It's all fun. <laughs> yeah. Because the, the venues we go to are really pretty. Yeah. Like if you've ever been to the Outer Banks, specifically Hatteras, you're hooked. I mean, it, the beaches are are beautiful. The fishing is mm. great. Mm. It's and, a beach. Uh, it's not beautiful, but but it's not can, busy. It's not yeah, busy. Continue. Okay. Um, then you can get some fresh food there, fresh fresh fish. You know, when they go catch them that day, then they put them on the grill that night, and you have fish tacos. Yeah. Or better yet, tuna steaks. That's that's a that's a treat in itself, you know. But um, the fishing tournament world is really where I do a ton of work. Yeah. And um, then the the corporate world is is there as well, but it's uh it's interesting you get to meet a lot of new people a lot of custom boat builders yeah um you know like one of the, the most famous boat builders for sport fishing world is bayless boat works yeah and uh john there he's he's awesome dude you, you just figure out that they're just regular people that know how to build a build awesome boat. incredible boats yeah yeah and they're beautiful so i mean any boat that takes two years to build it's better be incredible and as much as they cost that's just that's such a different world. I'm like I'm so far. I've done like very little offshore fishing, and the offshore fishing I have done hasn't been on a boat like that. Yeah. Boats I get to go out on, you get your teeth beat out the whole time you're out there. So yeah. it'd be not. I mean, I might not. I might not mind this offshore fishing thing if I got to go on a nice boat like that. You would have liked the, the Freeman and the Keys. You would have yes. liked that. Yeah. Compared well, to what you were on the first time, the Freeman makes it a lot better. Hopefully, we'll get Tons. to go do another trip on that this well, year. We need three of them. Three, three of them? Freemans? Well, he's already got two. Why not? You can just rid another one. Okay. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Get us the budget and let's do it. <laughs> he's I'm got all two for it. Mm-hmm. Oh. Well, if if you do get to go out on another one, that catamaran style, like a Freeman, mm-hmm. a lot easier on you in the, in the water. You but don't. If you, you don't do that. Yeah. If you get a, a V hole, like a, a standard boat, if it has a sea keeper in it, which is a counterbalance system, so it keeps you from doing this all day long, and it, it slows you way down. That is the best boat to, to film on when it, with a V-hole if it's got a sea keeper. So it's basically it's a, it's a, a huge weight. Like a pendulum boat. that kind of yeah. And the, bi- the big custom boats like that have them. Yep. yep, yep that so. sounds expensive. It's essentially it like a gyro for the boat. Exactly. Yes. It it's a gimbal. Almost. It's a gimbal for a boat that yeah. helps balance it and keeps it its horizon up there. That's just, that's just in the words of Joe Rogan, F you money. It is. And I'd like to know what that feels like just for a day. Just to just say, you know what, my boat—it's got a big pendulum on it. It's like a Cadillac in the water. Can yeah. you imagine, right? Can you imagine having that much money for a day? I don't what know. would you do if you had that much money for a day? Ride my bike. I'd go buy a real <laughs> nice one. I'd go buy like probably five different bikes. I would go get every single genre of bike. And then I'd genre. Oh, yeah, like, yeah. Oh, okay. Instead yeah. of Less getting an M1 laptop, I would also get that. I would also get a cheese grater Mac. I'd probably get a ridiculous diesel truck because at that point, who cares? <laughs> the only reason I don't have a ridiculous diesel truck is because I have grown past my adolescent need for noise over money. Like right now, money wins over having a diesel. 
just because there's it's useless for me to have a diesel. What am I going to do with it besides be cool? <laughs> so, uh, I would get a large truck or ma- like maybe a older truck that was cool and restored, maybe something like that. I'd probably get like a motorcycle. He's taking this I'd question probably, way too far. I'd probably get he is. as it as all questions. I would probably you see get why I tone a, out. You yeah. see why I tone out now. I'd probably get a <laughs> plane of some kind. Oh, yeah, that's the first thing I would, I'm buying. I, a plane. I only get the yeah. money for a day, right? Yeah, but all the money okay. you spend that day, it's, I would it's it. So you're only going to have time to go buy a plane. That's the only thing I'm going to buy. So well, then, okay, maybe if that's the case, then we'll do I'll think in here. If I got that much money in a day, I'm going to go find somebody to invest of incredibly large sums of money that day. No, you got to buy things. You can't invest the money. you got to buy things with it. I'll that's buy Amazon. Fun. You buy... <laughs> Okay, it's F you money. It's not all the money in the world. <laughs> yeah. I will buy a – I could buy stocks. That's buying. Now you went, you went – yeah, you, you, ru- you totally ruined the question. But anyway. You said what would I do with F you money for a day? And I, I started I saying meant all fun things. things. I didn't mean like starting to th- think philosophically about the question. I was trying to make sure that I had FU money for a long period of time. For an FU amount of time. Yeah. (laughs) FU money for a day is fun. But what if you use the FU money to secure an FU life? All right, moving on. So, production. um, (laughs) Production. Sorry. Oh, I'd probably buy like an Ari Alexa. Uh, Back to the Redneck Tech podcast. So. There's been several times that we've been on the podcast and people have asked us questions about some like really technical details. What's that? Mort. <laughs> Mort, hey, you better watch out. I'm I have wrapped up the rough cut of the hunt we did with you and Brock. Finally. Uh, but I still have the power here. <laughs> I got, still have the editor's power. <laughs> Taylor Hauser said Taylor Hauser said when he said in the words of Joe Rogan, I started to get nervous. <laughs> 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 nice. And then we have a question about fishing gear that we'll All get right. to later, <laughs> later in the podcast. Get those NFTs. All right. Well, worry, remember the fishing question because right I'll forget. Right but, you know, like you were the one that told us about the update yep. coming for the FX6, which we've already updated and we love. Good. You know, are you. I kind of got a feeling you're one of those guys that just really likes deep diving into some of the new tech and some of the new things that are coming. So let's talk about that a minute. What are some sure. What are some new things that uh, we should be doing and some new things maybe on the horizon that you're excited about? Uh, Gear-wise, um, I mean, you already got the, the wireless go-to, mm-hmm. so that's a pretty cool piece of kit because I, I absolutely love that one. Because I do too. You've got two recorders plus two mics you mm-hmm. know, built in. Um, I've got a video on my, my YouTube channel where it, I walk you through how to set that up with another shotgun mic for boom or a scoop setup. And and for a guy that travels all the time, if you do interviews, that is 100% the best way to do it. Yeah. You don't have no cables, no yeah. nothing. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Uh, as far as other equipment, um, I'm really considering buying the A1 if I can find one. Yeah. Sony A1 just because of all it can do, you know, from a photography and, and a video side, because I'm a, I'm a pure hybrid guy. Yeah. So when I got a camera in my hands, I got to be able to do both pretty quick. Yeah. So I would love to have FX6, FX6 or maybe even a 9 if my budget would allow that. Yeah, why not? <laughs> why the 9 over the 6? Just some other uh, 
legacy codex and stuff like that because that's a true cinema camera mm-hmm. uh, with some of the stuff. And I think it actually does 24p on the nose, not 2398 um, or 2397, whatever it is. I think it's 23976. Six. Six. Yeah. If, if you round the seven up, that would be nine. Yeah. Nine, seven, well, eight, if you round the 23.9 yeah. up, is yeah. 24. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so those are in, in the, in the I guess, the future for me. Um, but I hadn't seen too much new tech come out yet. But yeah. This year might be a good one. Do you follow, do you follow like CES and things when those things come out? Yeah. What's your yeah. take on the new, what's that new? I'd love to go to that. I would too. What's the new the new DJI ninja looking thing? What is that? The gimbal the camera. camera. Yeah, the oh, gimbal yeah. camera. What the heck oh, is that? I, I watched a bunch That's of reviews crazy. and they were like, "It's cool for like if it's you a have cool a very tool. very specific project." Correct. Right. Other than that, it's a pain in the butt. Yes. Oh, apparently, apparently it comes it's with like heavy. all the DJI codecs and yep. things like that, kind of like the Sony system. Yep. So DJI created their own like codec system inside of it, which. We don't know how that goes. Yeah, well, and it's—I've heard it's super heavy. Right. It's kind of hard to run on a tripod. It's yeah, not you can't really take it off. It. It's stuck, right? Yeah. yeah. If I'm right, yeah, yeah it's stuck. Well, it's a whole so system. Yeah. It's, it's but it's only it's good stuck. for that. Yeah. So you can't like you know, he said you can't take it off and handhold it or. Yeah, it's whatever. very very niche. Yeah. What are, What are some things that you think for? Because we get the question a lot, and honestly, I, you know, it's not that I glaze over when I get the question, but we just get the question so much. What is a camera that you, your opinion, like for a guy that's starting out and maybe just sells films that doesn't have a professional budget? Like, what would be the best all around picture video camera in your opinion now? Because there's, to me, there's just so many of them. A ton. Yeah. And like, if your price point's $2,500 and under, like, what's something that you would get a solid camera with some decent lenses? What would you be your go to, you think? Well, my first question to whoever that would be would be, what's your end game with it? What do you yeah. want to do with it? You yeah. Because that's, that, really caters to what you're going to get done with your money. Yeah. Um, but <clears throat> there's a handful of uh, cameras out there, but if you're going to self-film, especially deer hunting, um, I mean, you've got to get a video camera of some sort, like uh, like a G20, G30, if your budget is not that much, you know. Uh, if you can break bad and get a Canon uh, XF405 or 400, that one does 4K60 with a one-inch sensor, really good in low light, so it's all about your budget, but um, but those would be where I would stay. You know? Yeah. These phones that we have nowadays can take really good pictures if you know what you're doing, framing and everything, lighting, make sure everything's kind of good. And and with uh, some cameras now, you can do raw, so you can play with a little bit in post. So the video camera for a self-filmer would have to be like a little, little prosumer or a, a camcorder. Yeah. I think get a controller and everything. I think that's. I mean, if you want to film your own hunts, that's the the way to go. Is something that you could run like a Vera Zoom. Yep. Um, and then running your second angle, like we had a uh, Ben Kersey who was here in our class, um, our editing class, and he does a lot of self filming. He's kind of new to it, but wants to step up his game on the editing side and the shooting side. Um, he had a GoPro as his second angle, um, but he didn't have time to get it on, turn it on in the moment. But he didn't want to go back and recreate that because he's like, that's not how it really happened. I'm like, but that did happen. Yeah. I'm like, so in order to tell the story correctly, you've got to go back and recreate Do all those things. It, it, yeah. Is it is it how it happened? Did it happen live? No. But you think everything you watched on TV happened like it happened, <laughs> like you think it did? No. 
Um, and I think it's it's if you if you run with a you know a, a camcorder or like a handy cam like that, I think you spend that. What is it? How much is an Osmo now? Two hundred bucks. Yeah, three for two two three hundred dollars. You can have a solid second angle, yep. and you can tell a more complete story by yourself. Yep. Self filming is extremely hard. Bow hunting yep. or hunting periods hard a lot of times. Self filming whole nother level. I've yep. tried it. Failed miserably at it. Have no desire to do it whatsoever. Um, I wish they would add loop record into the Osmo. I think it has it. I think it does have it. Does it? I think so. I could never find it when I looked at it. What you got to do is you just got to get all the remotes and get, like, armbands for them. And so that, yeah, like right here. like And then when the deer comes in, you move that camera and just have all your GoPros come on. Then you're ready to go. Like a Christmas tree up there. Well, see, that's what, like, Lee loves those Tacticams. And they look, like, they look like doo-doo, mm-hmm. but he can have five of them on at one time, and they link yep. to the remote, and he goes, Bink, and all five of them turn, turn out at the same, same time. time. Yeah. And then they all start and stop at the same time, so for an editor, they yeah. literally just Beautiful. make so they're all lined up, and yeah. then you multi-cam it. And yep. Yeah. Nate, good luck. Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah, but I haven't tried the new uh, the no Osmo 2. The, little cube. the the action the action too okay yeah, yeah. I want to try it um, I'm sure if, if if it's as much of an improvement on the the image side from the from the Mavic two to the Mavic three yeah it's gonna be night and day correct but they're like five hundred bones they're yeah. expensive the little cube yeah yeah, yeah. but they and if you don't magnet. get the battery yeah, yeah if you don't get the battery pack with it they say the batteries you don't last very long yeah but they're and then they're a magnetic cube so you can like put them in so many more places. Yep. That's one thing that I want to develop or find somebody to develop. There's not a great second angle mount for a tree that you don't have to screw in. And the ones yeah. that you screw in, we usually modify them ourselves anyway. Correct. That's something I want to figure out a way of doing that better because I bet I've got a dozen mounts. I don't like any of them. I love that one Lee gave me. The with the it's the clamp with the rubber neck. Yeah. That you can literally do anything you, you want with. And you move it whenever you want. He gave it to me because the GoPro gooseneck I had was squeaky because it yeah. was plastic on plastic. Yeah. And I could just. Those things are trash. I just turn it so however squeaky. I want. Yeah. And that's what none of these people think about. They don't think about hunters. They think about these guys riding motorcycles. A squeak doesn't matter. Yeah. Right. You know, they can squeak all they want, you know. But that's something I would like to develop. Some You know, a product that I think needs improving is a good second angle type thing for a tree and but if you could use it for a tree and a ground blind and in your car and like it's multi-purposeful like either right. there are different bases or there's different mm-hmm. attachments that would be the way to go um because i i struggle with that because i stopped bringing them because they're all such a pain or you got to carry three of them to get the right one Correct. and it seems like every tree i'm in there's never a good spot to put a clamp mm-hmm. or there's if there's a spot to put a clamp i brought the one that screws in and there's not a great spot to put it. And it's just see, magical. I always used to just clamp it to my camera arm. I used to too. But Lee doesn't like the camera arm in between the hunter and the cameraman. He likes it on the other side. Mm-hmm. So then all the camera arm is on the opposite side of me of what Lee is. So then mm-hmm. the, doesn't do very well. So. Yeah, I don't like. It just depends on the tree where I put it. Sometimes I put it on my right side. Sometimes I put it on my left. I didn't have to set a camera arm once this year, so I'll put it wherever the man wants it. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't either. <laughs> I set mine up every time. I didn't have to set up a camera arm a single time this year. Did you not sit in a tree at all this year? No. He you didn't sit in a tree one time this year? No. 
He didn't whitetail hunt until you got until a after ground blind or a redneck every time. Well, you well, have to I think. I only did seven days total, and those seven days were in January. Three of them were with Brian, and yeah. five of them were in January with the, yeah with crush. Yeah, exactly, Mister. Oh, I had a long. I want to hear. I want to hear no complaints out of you. <laughs> no. I would look. I would have rather sat tree stand than in that and, freaking truck. For and days. True. none of those eight days, I bet he hunted a morning. <laughs> Pleading exactly. the fifth? Exactly. <laughs> no, I'm perfectly fine with it. Y'all know my stance on mornings. <laughs> if I can avoid a really early morning, I will. Like, I ain't. I don't need to be up at four in the morning. So I like getting up. You did mornings in September, though. Well, yeah, and for mule which deer we all and go hard. Else. We all go hard in September. There's just no way around that. But um, so talked about some gear. What are some more wants to know about a hat GoPro? I've never seen you guys put a GoPro on the hunter like a hat GoPro. Why? Well, because we don't mostly because if you put a hat GoPro on somebody, they look like a giant dork. Yeah, and the footage yeah. is usually trash. And we don't want when we're filming them, we don't want to see a GoPro on their head. Correct. I just yeah, and people it, move their heads a lot more than you think they do. Yeah. That's really be the a cool a redneck tech thing. You start looking. Well, at somebody's I've thought about doing that for redneck like, tech. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. Quit looking I, so I have thought about doing that for Redneck Tech. Is taking a chest rig might not be bad. If you could figure out a way to mount a GoPro, like kind of not right on the front well, of somebody's new, bino harness, but kind of back behind it. Well, there's that. I think that new DJI Osmo 2 has the magnet. So you can yeah. literally magnetize. You can put a ma- that magnet. That could be a cool angle. Yeah. You, might could, be just, you could magnetize cool, it like right there. Or yeah. Whatever. Cool draw shot or something. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. But th- yeah, there's a. But if you want to wear a, if you want to wear one more, I'll hook you up. We'll get you. Yeah, we'll get you with a uh, hat GoPro. We've got time. one down there in the in the drawer somewhere. I'm sure, because I mean we've got all that crap. We For just, four payments of nineteen ninety nine, more it can be yours. <laughs> <laughs> but wait, there's more. If you call now, there's Mort. We'll throw in some random GoPro batteries, a Hero Three that doesn't run anymore, and some. USB three cables <laughs> <laughs> that are laying around. <laughs> if you need USB three cables, we got you. We got more cables. Like I'm looking at just cables laying all over the place. Oh, anyway, so you said that you had some stuff, some talking points and stuff that you wanted to talk about. What's some sure. of the stuff you wanted to talk about now that you're here? Well, what uh, what's one of the camera? What's what's the one thing that kind of was the aha moment for you? What camera was y'all you guys using back in the day when y'all first got started? <sighs> That really made it click that says, hey, you know what? I might be able to make, make this a living. The, the camera that made it click for me? Yeah. I think the camera that I got the most confident on when I was first running and, and, and doing a lot of this was when I first started working at Sub 7. I had cameras before that, but I never really knew my way around them. Like I was kind of faking my way and flipping it to auto and praying I got good stuff and never knowing why my footage looked like crap. <laughs> the first time I ever learned to run a camera in full manual was the Sony EX3. Um, okay. which would have been 10 years ago. Yep. Um, and we had like four or five of those. And I remember walking to the office the first day when I was there and seeing that camera and being like, oh, my God, that thing's like a – like it's, it's like this big. Yeah. It took uh, two uh, – what were the name of those cards? Uh, I can't even remember. Floppy disk? No. <laughs> floppy disk? Good God, dude. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that old. <laughs> um, I can't remember the name of the card now. QXDs or? Was it? What might be the QX? Flash. No, it was Q, I think it was a QXD card. Right? QXD. The long, narrow, long, narrow, skinny cards. Oh, film? Uh, yeah. Film? 
That's no. a Sony. That's an old school Sony one. Yeah, I, I can't remember like what they're called. But anyway, um, that was the. But that camera, like ergonomically and like just absolutely beat the crap out of it. That was the toughest camera I've ever ran. Do we beat those cameras so hard? And uh, they had a great LCD that was super super durable. Already had a hood built into it. Had a great top panel. They weren't that heavy until Lee decided he wanted to put. No, the Fujinon long lenses on them, and those are like crazy heavy. Um, they're they're they were kind of milky. They didn't really they weren't very sharp, but you had doublers on them. So I mean, you could you had an all in one lens that would go out to like I don't remember how wide it would go, like probably eighteen millimeters, sixteen millimeters. It goes super super wide, and then it was like a kind of equivalent to like a two hundred two hundred or a twenty times zoom, and then you had a doubler that you lost light, but it would go out even further. The image wasn't crazy good and nice. It was good enough for Outdoor Channel for sure. But like compared to, compared to now, night and day. But that camera, we used to have, uh, I don't even know who made them, but they had like a little shoulder thing that m- mounted to the base. But for hand-holding and, and running and gunning, no better camera. And it's like we ran them in manual focus, but you've, I felt like I was never out of focus. I felt like I was the easiest, yeah, I was the easiest camera to find focus on I've ever ran. Um, That's when I learned about peaking and running a camera in manual, running everything in manual. I mean, that was the first camera that I really spent a ton of time behind. And uh, it had had an all-in-one lens. You know, it wasn't, you know, you could take the lens off, like we only ran the stock lens on it. And it had the rocker, so you could run a Vera Zoom. Like, it was the, like, all-around camera was the, the best one. And that camera got miles, man. I mean, miles and miles. Because that was when I was shooting 220 days a year, you know, and uh, just burning the roads down. And I was editing, I think, I don't know about the first year, but like my third year there, I figured it up. I did like 200-something days, and I edited 11 episodes of TV. So like almost edited an entire season and shot, I can't remember, it was like 20-something episodes. So I was, I was responsible for 30 episodes myself. And um, I just, I mean, that was the year that was like, we couldn't, you could not have went much harder than, and it wasn't just me. I mean, there was guys like Pender and Lovey that went harder than I did with Lee and Tiffany. Yeah. But like me, I was like pegged. That's as hard as I could go. Um, and then I was, you know, that's when I was working for Sub 7, three or four years in, not making any money. But um, loved it, you know, absolutely. And, you know, enjoyed the crap out of it. But um, if I had to put my, and, and then, uh, you know, picture-wise was the 5D Mark II. Yeah, and that's when I first got in my foray and didn't taking any pictures. And still, if I wish mine down there wasn't hadn't died on me because I loved that camera. It's the loudest shutter <laughs> sounds like you're shooting a gun when you take a picture. But that's a twenty-two. Yeah, man, it's a uh, that was my favorite. What about you? Uh, well, I guess I got started on the NX Five U, which is kind okay. of a. I had one of those too. Yeah, yeah it was. Pretty popular Sony camera, just just a pretty standard video camera, nothing super fancy about it. Got a built-in lens, had all the rings on it for you know zoom and um, focus and exposure and all that. And um, I'm pretty sure I ran that full manual straight off the bat because you're just uh, a ball superhero. Yeah, you're just a ball. Well, I didn't. I was shown that there was a oh crap button. Yeah, <laughs> that made it go full auto, but 
but uh, Mark was like, yeah, just learn to run it in full auto, so yeah. or run it in manual. So that's what I did. Um, and I think the first we got a seventy D, a Canon seventy D before the FS seven, and the Canon seventy D was the fir- my first picture camera. So that's where I kind of started messing around with pictures, and because it had a um, you know removable lens and it was an SLR. Uh, you started to get some of the depth of field and mm-hmm. the filmic qualities that you get with, um, you know, more, uh, I guess, cinema-style cameras with actual glass and stuff like that. And that's kind of where I first started to figure out how to make good images. And then we got the Sony FS7, and I think that was probably the camera where I really started to come into my own as a person who films things and is artistic with it um, because you kind of are able to combine all the things that make a video camera good and all the things that make an image good from an SLR and you put them together and now you've got a rig that you can run and make really nice imagery from it and I ran that until this season and uh, I don't know I love I love the FS7 I would still I would still run an FS7 I love that camera yeah Mine was the Sony NX3. Oh, wow. Yeah. So No, I think that's the camera. I didn't have the 5U. I had the NX3. That's what I had. Yeah. I think. That's the bigger one, right? Uh, It's like, you know, yeah, probably the size of an FS5, but with a built-in lens. Yep. Okay, that's what yeah. I had then. Yeah, it had like the... Big it, square. On the, end, on the end of the handle, it had a built-in light. Yes. Yeah, I love that. I love that feature. Yeah. Built-in light with a switch up top. I loved it, but... That's what I started on um, before I moved to the FS5, but it was just one of those things where I learned to use it manual, but there weren't that many manual functions you could actually do things with. Yeah. But it was yeah. enough that once I moved to the FS5, I already kind of knew what I was doing. Yeah. Um, and my first picture camera was a 70D. But Mine was a T3i, Canon T3i. Wow. Shot on auto. Didn't know what I was doing. Took a couple decent pictures just that turned out with good light, but That's I wish I could find starts. some of those. Yeah. Really, I wish I'd have kept some of those cameras just for because, posterity. Yeah. And I have really no reuse for them. But, like, one of my favorite cameras to run, and still, you know, image-wise, it was ergonomically was horrible, but it was that FS700. FS700. Jesus. I just remember that thing coming out, and you could shoot Jesus. in 240, and people were like, 240 frames? Yeah. What? Everything. But you had yeah. to hold it like this to see the LCD, because yeah. the LCD yeah, was all top. the way like, on the back. I want to find the designer and be like, hey, you're an idiot. <laughs> Like, why did you design yeah. this thing like this? You know, but... Well, they probably dude, assumed people were going to buy it just for a slow We couldn't wait, and that's pretty much what we did. But we just could not wait to shoot a turkey in the face with that thing at 240. And then when we figured out what cash record was, where it would record oh, the end trigger, yeah. yep. blew our minds. We're like, what? Well, small town hunting... You shoot the turkey, and then you hit record? Like, what? Small town hunting, like, up until, like, a year and a half or two years ago was still using that camera. I know to people are still wow. running that camera. But I mean it was Isn't there for, one sitting in Lee's gear room? Which one is that? That's the F five. That's the oh, F five. Yeah. That's yeah. the cinder block. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> that's cinder, a, I ran that camera a bunch too. But cinder block it looks a, exactly like the FS seven. Yeah, that's what yeah. I, yeah. Yeah, I mean the picture's identical. Yeah. But yeah, the uh FS five ran that a bunch, FS seven, EX three, um, uh, 300K, um, FS700, FS7, FX6. Um, 
I haven't ran, I haven't got as much time behind it yet with the FX6 as I have those other cameras, but it's it's my favorite so far. Yeah. Just, but it's also because of how well it does in low light and how small and how light. Um, how light good, can good light can be negative. Camera. Light can have a negative connotation when you don't have the in, image stabilization, which we talked yeah. about. We're looking at doing some different things on imaging just because that Tamron lens is great, picture's great, but hand-holding it with image stabilization at the end of your lens, you can definitely tell. Nate's going to have a lot of warp stabilizer to render. Yeah, that. so... Um, <laughs> Luckily, that the, the little bit of shake that you get from just holding a camera buffs out pretty good with the warp yeah. stabilizer. But I've yeah. seen... I've, I've been noticing it more and more lately. And on the high-end stuff, like big either films or series, there's tons of camera movement that's yeah. like... I would never have put that shot in there with that mm-hmm. much movement. And I don't know if they're adding that in. I don't think they can add this much movement in. But it's like over the top camera movements. Like I mean, I'm filming you. Yeah, I mean it's, it's I mean it's yeah, yeah, it's like somebody hits you and they, they left. It's it. not it's not handheld movement, it's like jittery. Well, movement. it's like they're but they're essentially like if you know, I was shooting a shot of y'all talking and I'm standing here. And instead of oh, walking back place. and forth, I'm like, I'm just kind of like, I'm adjusting in my seat. And they're leaving crap like that in there. Yeah. And I'm like, what? I would never leave that shot. Yeah. Like, I would be like, well, that looks like you got, just got hit by a car. Let's change that shot and do that again. <laughs> Dude, these big productions are leaving it. I mean, I guess it's because, I mean, I can, I mean, we teach this in our production classes. Is like, you know, the guys that are standing there trying to get, uh, you know, talking or standing there filming somebody, they want to stand there like a statue. And don't move, just stand here still as possible. But who, when we're sitting here talking to somebody, you don't sit and talk to somebody. That's right. Like this, you know, you don't try, don't move at, don't move a muscle. I'm moving all the time. I'm looking at you, I'm looking at him, I'm looking at him, I'm swaying back and forth in my seat. It's like, you know, so, because that was one of the first things that somebody noticed on our production class. Or no, it was Chase. Was it Chase? When we went to Iowa for the Okay, that is what it was. Because somebody noticed that we were shooting, it was me and Clay standing side by side double shooting, talking, and we were both, like, swaying in the hips and, like, moving yeah. around. It's like, I do it subconsciously now. I don't even yeah. think about it. But um, he's like, y'all y'all move around a lot when you're shooting. I'm like, well, when you're talking to me, are you standing still? Mm-hmm. You're, no, your head's moving. You're looking back and forth. I'm like, we just want to put that natural movement into those shots. And he's like, well, that makes a lot of sense. And then we tell people that in our production classes, like, Look, the more rigid you try and make that shot when you're trying to be interpersonal and have somebody talk to the camera, the less natural it feels. Well, you add more shake because you're yep. tense yeah. and you shake versus just being that natural fluid flow, movement. Yeah. Yep. You know, and then it's easy when you're nice and fluid that, you know, especially if I'm shooting you to you, you know, and I frame you and then you move. Well, if I'm naturally fluid, I can reframe you and get you back in the right place versus oh no, he moved. So, oh, he moved. Oh, he already, moved. It's already moving. Yeah, it's already versus, moving, and and it and it makes sense in your brain that I mean, and I, and I tried to explain that to uh, you know, we we explain that in our camera class too. It's like when you're setting up a frame for an interview or a shot or B-roll or whatever. It's like no, leave that limb or that tree or that leaf or that truck or whatever in your foreground. Yep. Leave it there because like I'm looking at you right now. This is in my foreground. This is in my foreground. This is in my foreground. Yep. All these things are dirtying up my image, yep. but I'm still focused on you. You know that background, that grate of that air conditioner is in my, you know, in my view too. But I don't notice it. It's the same thing when you're dirtying up a frame. Yep. You know, you it's not. I, I say dirtying up a frame, 
but it's it's making it making it more visually pleasing. It makes your 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 brain isn't used to nice, perfectly clean frames. It's used to having things in and out of focus in your foreground, in your background. So, um, but you just tell guys that in in classes, and you show them how to put that into practice, and they're like, never thought of that. They try and clean things up, try and get things out of their shot. Yep. Like, no, dude, leave it in there, but use it. Use that for your movement. Um, and that's something I, I tell all the guys that I film, especially if I'm doing talk ahead stuff. I'll tell them, hey, just let you know, I will be moving, so don't be, you know, caught off guard mm-hmm. when I start moving around a little bit. You know, just that subtle sway because that helps me relax, like Clay was talking yeah. about. So my, all my structure is sitting on bones, and I'm just moving my yeah. hips and my legs to yeah. to add that little extra something in there. And that gets into you know theory and filming and, and which the is emotional dynamic dynamic. Yeah. Of, which we've talked about, and it's what Ryer kind of covered in our editing class. Is kind of the psychology of yep. shots and edits, and um, way you shoot things, why you frame things certain ways, and we can go down a really deep rabbit hole with that. And there's some things like that we want to do podcasts about, but it's really hard to do that with like out visual aids and Correct. putting a ton of time into getting those visual yep. aids and being able to play those on the thing. So uh, we like to talk about them, and um, but we, you know, we talked yesterday about there's so many things on the podcast that we want to do. We want to like almost like give a like a cameraman 101 type class here, but we're so limited visually, you know, without bringing things or staging things or making a big production of it. Or the other thing is, you know, we don't know who's watching the podcast. Like there's certain things we could do like when people watch it, but yep. a lot of people just listen to it. Yep. Um. So. There's we have ideas for things we want to do and people have asked us like we would do, do like a course like an online course and it's like maybe we could but we just like the personnel you know the personal like face to face you know teach you what you want to know and you know skim over the stuff that you already know or you don't care about type yeah. thing so yeah plus yeah. you can read your your, your guys that are here yeah you know, for sure say, all right they're glazing over on yeah. whatever you know let's move on a little yeah. quicker cover it for everybody but you know move on and. uh for those that are watching, if you're new to filming, if you do the wide, medium, tight, that'll cover your bases a lot yeah. of the oh, times yeah. on the emotional piece. So yep. You'll have a lot of flexibility. Wide, medium, tight, all the time. Who, what, when, where, why, weather, wide, medium, tight. Yep. And, uh, I mean, it sounds easy, and in theory it is. I mean, this is, dude. It's just a lesson. you got to develop it. It's if, Like I've said a thousand times, if I can do it, if yeah. these two idiots can do it, Anybody can do it. We're it's just, not we're just good old country boys having fun. Oh, right. come on, dude. Don't go there. Don't go there. You did, didn't you? He did. He really did. What was the um what was the um question? The fishing question. Oh, Since we says, got a fishing guy here. It says what equipment would you recommend for the fishing industry that may be more specific for that type of shooting, different types of filters to decrease yep. glare, etc. Polar. Yeah. If you're gonna do anything if you're gonna do anything underwater, get um, uh, red filter, maybe red filter. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So some, sometimes that water will be super green. Yeah. And it filters out. And it, it, add, it filters it out and, or adds the, the opposite uh, hue. Yeah. So talk about that. Cause in fishing, one thing that you don't have to contend with as much when you're out on the water, especially offshore is, um, going in and out of shadows like you do in the trees. Like you have shadows under people's hat bills and things like that. Yeah. But you're generally shooting most of the time in bright sunshine. Right. It's and there's not a ton of contrast. You're usually on a white boat with blue water, and you're you're trying to film in a super bright environment. Yep. And I've done it just enough to know that it's super hard on your eyes, 
and it's really yeah. hard to fight exposure a lot of the times to see in the water. Yep. Um, so what are some things like some tips or tricks you could get for guys that are out there doing the same thing and are having the same problems? Well, this is a little odd, but uh, Think Tank makes a rain cover mm-hmm. that you can stick on like a 70 to 200 for meritless or whatever. Um, if you get the extra large version, you can actually put it, put your, if you're using small cameras, you can put your head in it and it darkens you up. I've, I've done that a little bit just to try it out and it works really well. Um, and your eyes don't get fatigued because you're in that dark environment as, and you're looking at your screen or your LCD or Zacuto or whatever you got going on with your camera equipment. So you can see everything that helps out a ton. Yeah. Plus it keeps your camera dry. Yeah. You know, you can, it straps to the front of your lens and then it covers everything else. Yeah, and if we you have to take it off. It has a you know a clear window and everything. We've had some issues with cameras getting wet before on boats. Yeah, yeah, it's easy to do. <laughs> yep. We had a rogue wave. Uh, it take was not one rogue. You're in the middle of the ocean. It's not rogue. It's rogue. It, it was there. Nowhere. It was there. <laughs> it was there the entire time. solid twenty one hundred dollar. Uh, well, nice all the other waves ouch. were one and a half, and this was ten. Yeah. Ten foot wave out of nowhere. It wouldn't have mattered where I was at on the boat. It's uh, we were, but everybody got so to 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 learn to give you guys something to learn from this. And I'm sure you have this in your repertoire too. When his camera went down, what did you do? You had a backup camera. It wasn't yeah. ideal, but you had your DSLR. You ended up filming the rest of the trip on your yes. After crying, <laughs> yeah. was it your th- that 6D, the one that we're filming on now, or was it the 5D Mark IV? No, it was a 60 because I had a so full screen. So it's the camera you guys are watching on the YouTube Which right I now. Which I literally yes. would have rather had that camera than the 5D Mark IV in British Columbia. Yep. Just for this flip-out screen. True. If you guys are going to do a uh, DSLR or mirrorless. Um, Budget mirrorless. To get a flip-out screen. Yeah. Literally just get a flip-out screen. <laughs> just, I promise you'll like it better. Yeah. yeah. No. Yeah, that is one hard thing. It's like Clay said. He's like, I didn't realize how many low shots I did. Yeah. One of my one of my stupid screen wouldn't move. Exactly. <laughs> um, something else to use is a matte box, especially yeah. one that has a magnetic uh, front side, so you can put your NDs there and then mm-hmm. screw on your polarizer. Yeah. So, um, and it, if if you've never been around water and you've never, or if you've never done like in car photography, where you have your your talent inside the car and you got flash and stuff working. If you don't have a polarizer, you cannot see beyond the glass or the water. Mm-hmm. The glare. Yep, that glare is you know pretty pretty harsh. So a matte box does a couple of different things for you. Like I said, you, if it's the magnetic kind or the ones you can cr- screw in with the, the gear and cogs and stuff, you can swap them out if you need to. So if it does get darker, you can pull it off, put something else on it, so you can keep your depth of field the same. Uh, plus, it's a matte box, so it adds an extra protection to your glass so it catches some of the spray so as you're, you know, if you're on a billfish or sport fish, you're on the back of the boat, and that joker's hooked into a big one, you know, billfish, whether it's a sail or a blue marlin or whatever, they'll back it down going to the fish because you can't, you can't bring, bring them in by yourself just sitting there like you do a bass. Yeah. I mean, they're four, five, 600 pounds, so they chase after them backwards, and all that water is coming over the back of the boat. Mm-hmm. You know, it's dumping in there, so you're getting water all the time. But if you got a matte box, it helps out with some of that spray that it splashes up and catches yeah. in the wind. I think the biggest thing for me is I hate <laughs> being in bright sunshine and not being able to wear my sunglasses because yeah. I get really bad headaches because yeah. I've, I've just ruined my – I mean, you see right now, I get really bad headaches if it gets, like, really, really bright outside and I'm out there for an extended period of time and I can't put on sunglasses. So that's what kills me anytime I'm doing something where I have to run my camera – 
like constantly and not be able to put my glasses on. But then it jacks you up. If you do have time to put your glasses on, then to go, something happens, you have to take them off and now everything's bright and yep. you get back and you look at your footage and it's really dark or it's really There's bright. And it's just, just yeah. it's, it just jacks you up. So yep. that's something I personally struggle with a lot when I, I say a lot, the times that I've done it. Yeah. You know, with the FX six now and the, um, being able to have the, Oh crap. I'm going to forget the exact term, but basically the histogram, it's not waveform, wave the waveforms, yeah, wave you could wear your glasses and yeah. expose yep. as long as and you just the, made sure the monitor is different than the FS seven and the FS five to where like, if you would look at your monitor with sunglasses on, sometimes you'd get like blackout a little bit with the FX six. You don't get that now. Mm. That's slick. So you could you could run you could run your glasses pimped up with and your just make polarizing yeah. everything. Another thing is if you have the budget to get a camera with cash record. For yeah. the love oh of God, yes. cash record. Yeah. Any fishing whatsoever, if you don't have a cash record, which that's a pre-record without hitting the button. Yeah. Um, so let's explain. Let's explain that because there, I know I've explained cash record before, but. I'm trying to lay it out in, in, in layman's terms for a lot of because we have a lot of guys on here that are really beginners and stuff. Cash record saves you so much time and energy and effort. So what it does, so when you have your camera on and it's just in standard recording mode, you'll see that little button that says, it'll say green standby. And then when you hit record, it turns red and says REC for record. Well, when you put your camera into cash mode, that will say cash and not standby and it'll be green. So what your camera's doing in that cache mode is you go in your menu and you can set it to 30 seconds, 10 seconds. On the FX6, you can. 30 seconds, 10 seconds, and 5 seconds. I don't know if there's a lower thing than that. No, I think it's 30, but, 10, but 5. But in high speed, you only get the option of 3 seconds. Okay. Yeah. Well, 3 yeah. seconds is God's plenty. But anyway, if you're in regular speed, <laughs> yeah. 30, 10, and 5. Okay. So let's 3 just, seconds of regular time or 3 seconds of high speed time? At high speed I time. I think it's high speed Well, time. we need to yeah. test that. Yeah. So that's, let's that's, just say for the sake like, of argument to not jack anybody up we're in regular speed we're in cash record and we've got our set to 10 seconds okay i've got my f- camera in cash record and i'm I, I have not hit record it's just in cash and i'm filming around i'm waiting for this marlin to jump out of the water all right and i'm just pointing my camera pulled focus on the end of that line i haven't hit record yet and as soon as that sucker jumps out of the water then i hit record okay i get to record the 10 seconds before he jumped him jumping and everything after until i hit record again so it's all what the camera's doing is it's recording all the time until you hit record then it says okay he wants the last 10 seconds and everything else until he hits stop record again so you can set that to 30 seconds 10 seconds and five seconds and then in high speed you can do three seconds so there's so many places especially in hunting and fishing where that makes so much sense. I can't tell you before I got cash record how many times I would have to sit and watch something and have to be recording to make sure I didn't miss it. When in cash record, you'll never miss it, and you won't have all that trash footage of waiting on a turkey to gobble, a deer to step out, a fish to jump, um, somebody to, you know, you can literally have your camera on your shoulder. Bow fishing is the best because you can literally wear your headset, have your camera on your shoulder not pointing at anything, hear somebody go, Big fish, big fish, and then all you've got to do is swing your camera, have it obviously pre-pulled focus on the water, get the shot. Now you've got the audio and the shot. And that's the audio that you don't want to have to recreate because you want the most genuine yep. reaction from people. And then even better, in conversations. 
when you're filming, you know, off-the-cuff conversations or running-gun conversations, somebody will say something funny, somebody will say a one-liner that you want. Well, you don't have to record everything. You just wait until you hear that one-liner, boom, record, you got it. Cash record is so incredibly valuable for what we do. So if you don't have cash record, it is a higher-end feature. I don't know if they offer it on lower-end cameras. I don't Uh, think. It's awesome in sports, too. Yeah, in sports. Yeah, anything that's got action where you're constantly waiting on something to happen, invaluable. Yep, and I can't tell you how many times I've said, hey, say that again. Yeah, oh, (laughs) me too, man. Me (laughs) too, same thing. And, and and it's never as it's good never the, the second time. Yeah. And it's never. and it's really hard. You know, the viewer doesn't know, but I know. Yeah. <laughs> so I know that you guys missed out on the really funny line. And I tried to get it again and everybody's already heard the line, so it's not near as funny the second time. Yeah, you can Chuck can definitely tell you some stories about that. But yes, cash record, I'm glad you brought that up. We've talked about that a couple times because that is when we got the FX six, that was the one thing it was like it was Dude, why yeah. does it the one thing that we want more than anything, like the the low light, crazy good, you know, the variable ND and the audio ND, friggin' awesome, you know, ergonomic size of the camera, great, everything's wonderful. Why doesn't it have cash? Cool? You literally kept the FS7 when I we got the yeah. FX6s because Correct. you're like Chuck does a bunch of bow fishing, yeah. Brian and Billy do bow fishing, we got to have cash record. Yeah. So, um, but now, as you told us, whatever last podcast or two podcasts ago, with this new firmware update, which we've done a TikTok video. Have we put that on Instagram yet? I believe so. I think and we have. Anyway, um, the FX6 with a new firmware update now does cache record. Um, the FS7 does cache record. I'm assuming the FX9, FX9 does cache record. Yeah. Yeah. What are some other cameras that do it? I don't know right off the top yeah, of my head. Yeah, so I don't either. <clears throat> I want to say there's a Panasonic out there, or maybe a Blackmagic that does it. Maybe the Panasonic. So one, so one drawback to cache record, it does use more battery. Because it's, it's constantly recording all the time. It's essentially riding to the car, riding, or it's riding, 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 and then it's like, okay, keep that. You know, so it will drain your battery faster. So if you run on cash record all day, plan on bringing more batteries with you. That is one thing that it does do. Um, other than that, I really don't know any more negatives to it. You save so much in card space, so much time and headache It'll going be and so editing. nice to have on a spot and stock mule deer hunt. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, so <laughs> it's um it's one of those things to where yeah, I, I literally when I have on cash record I'm in cash record most of the time I'm just following film and doing stuff and then I'm waiting till like something like I see it in my camera like that was cool boom got it instead of going through 47 stupid clips of trying to get something now we only get the good stuff right. um yeah. so it's super super valuable and it obviously it's more high end but if this if you want to improve what you're doing. That is one really quick way of doing it. It's hashtag life hack. So, <laughs> yeah. So with um, with y'all systems that y'all have next, because y'all shoot R fives and FX sixes. Mm-hmm. I have the same mirrorless that you have. Oh, you got A seven three. I have a Canon five D Mark four. Awesome. Yeah. So we're mainly Canon. So, He's the only holdout. So on y'all the- are semi to the good side of the force. Oh come on. They also they also <laughs> run Canon glass on their Sony cameras. Well, I I can't blame them there. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, because ah. some of the um, the higher end L glasses, you know, it's you got stops on your focus. Yeah. And stuff. You know, oh yeah. Ring, so you know where you're at. God, so, dude. Why is that such huge. an Why is that such an expensive feature? Oh my know. God! Stops on a focus ring are like the best things ever. 
There, that's another invention, man. If you can figure out a way to put aftermarket stops on a lens, you can. You mean like physical stops? Or, yes. Or visual? Physical? No, physical stops. Oh, that. I'll say because you can. Million dollar idea. You can. Y'all heard it here first. It is the uh, February the tenth at four oh four p.m. Eastern time. I was saying because you, you can get those stickers that go around your camera that give you the visual stops so you can watch it. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. you who's watching that when you're filming? You're watching mm-hmm. what you're filming. I want physical stops. Like when I hard stop, I know I'm at infinity and I'm pull back. I'm, you know, I, that's what I want. And the only, only way you get that is with like cine lenses and like some yeah. really high end lenses. Oh, cine lenses. Oh, no, right. I, I saw some cine lenses on Facebook Marketplace yesterday, but Fuji they were too nine. much. They were too much. How much? Fuji $4,700 for two. It was a 20 to 150 in a. That's a slick lens. I don't on remember. Facebook Marketplace, that's sketch. <clears throat> Dude, some people, dude, I'm telling you. They done got stole. <laughs> didn't, I didn't steal them. It's that dude that stole that gold over here the other yeah, day. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, so we're. We, I mean, you could use super glue and some wood to create your own stops if you really wanted to. I want some legitimate, like, aftermarket stops. But <laughs> I mean, I don't know what you're going to do that's going to be better than that. But, uh, Besides super glue metal I, on there. Uh, the reason I shoot Canon on the mirrorless side, or the, the DSLR picture taking side, is just because I, that's what I started out with. And it's, um, and it's what I'm familiar, and yeah. I like the ergonomics of a Canon better than I do a Sony. They're yep. just small in my hand, which I yep. can't believe you like. You got big hands too. I, I run cages on all mine. Oh so. well, see, I don't run cages. That helps tremendously. But we don't we don't really run ours for video much. We try not to. You yeah. know, I know you run you run them on both, and yep. it's definitely there's definitely value to that. But um, there's a lot of times that I wish that we didn't, just for the simple fact of when we travel. You know, it would be a lot easier to put everything in one backpack and take tow to tripod, but. Um, I don't know. I've ran big cameras so long, like I don't have any desire to run a DSLR as my main video camera just because I just like. challenges. Well, there's definitely challenges. Are they capable? Absolutely. They're more than capable. Um, It's just a preference thing. And like I've always, you know, we didn't, when I, you know, when I first started out, we only ran big cameras. Like taking pictures on a shoot, like you hired a photographer for that. Like I'm not taking pictures. What are you talking about? It's below me. It's beneath me. Um, But, uh, now, like, if you don't, do, it's, it's getting to where if you don't shoot video, shoot pictures, edit pictures, edit video, have a drone, have a drone, yeah. have your own gear, then you, you know, can call, yeah, can, yeah. and and you're under two hundred dollars a day, you're yeah. not getting a job, yeah, no doubt, yeah, <laughs> or hey, you're free. How about a free T-shirt to go on this nineteen day elk hunt? Deal. How you cool know? is a T-shirt? Huh. An exclusive T-shirt. Can I sell for five grand after? No, you can, you can NFT it later. It's a yeah. it's a it's a Gildan junk T-shirt that's mass produced. So All no. the cotton ones. Yeah. that I hate wearing the junk ones. Yeah. Mm. So yeah. Well, the reason why I ask because a lot of people get cameras and they don't think about systems. You know? Yeah. It's I'm just gonna get this camera and this camera. Then later on down the road, they're like, holy crap, they're not really compatible. Colors yeah. different. Whatever you know. Yeah. There's a whole I'm learning that things. now with. Rigid power tools versus Milwaukee. Man. Milwaukee offers so much more better stuff, and rigid sucks. And I got rigid, and my brother got Milwaukee, and I'm just like, I'm so far inferior now. And you're so of, invested into rigid, and I'm like so you can't invested. Really in, I'm be so because I will get like nothing for what I've got. Yeah, but like rigid's rigid's got like the freaking weeders and the blowers and all this stuff. Extra mile rigid tool. don't have none of that cool stuff. You should go down to extra mile tool and see what they'll give it. That's what I've. Thought about it. 
But to replace all the stuff that I want, like I'd go ham in there on some Milwaukee. I stuff. got the Ryobi because all my stuff's Ryobi. The yeah. their uh, electric Pulsol. Yeah. In there for like eighty five bucks. It's yeah. like one sixty. Dude, they got some great deals in there. Yeah. But they got that like weed. No couches though. So that's the yeah. They don't have any couches. But they got that weed eater. Like, so Chuck got that weed eater, and he's like, that would be the ultimate terrorist torture device. Is that weed eater? He said, that's the meanest <laughs> weed eater I've ever had. Forget a lawn service. Yeah. Let's go straight to torture yeah. terror. But you, you'll never find somebody that lulls, lulls, if I'm saying that right. Lulls. 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 I can't Lulz. say it now. Lulz. 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 Do we find Lulz. a, do we find a speech impediment? Yeah. Lulz. 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 Yeah, it is. All right. Cutting grass more than Chuck Belmont. Really? He hates it. He said, I got an hour meter. He said, I got an hour meter on my, my lawnmower. And he said, every time I get on it, I look and it says like you know, 280 hours. He's like, that's 280 hours that I wasn't killing something. He said, it makes me furious. And he's got a huge yard. Does guy. he? Oh, yeah. He said, I did not think <laughs> I this love through. that for him. Oh, the yeah. The fact that he hates oh, it. Oh, he hates it. Why is and it? Dude, he's so rich. He could pay someone exactly. to do it. Exactly. Well, it hits his pride now. He's like, pay somebody to cut my yard. But dude, he's got such a big yard, it would be expensive. Can't you just see him on a snapper lawnmower just dog cussing himself <laughs> going around his yard? God, it makes me happy thinking about it. I called him a couple times when he was cutting grass, and he's just, just having a pity party for himself every time he has to do it. But anyway. Maybe he can come cool. cut Ryer's grass. Yeah, have you got a system set up to cut your grass yeah, this year? Don't, I got don't a guy. Ever you got a guy? <laughs> I was just yeah, saying, don't I'm, talk I'm to me smart. about a couch. Ryer's grass at the, his oh. rental house is like this high. It is like, not that it high. Was. It, was. It, was. it was. It was. Yeah. It was Mary like, Taft could have got lost in that, in that grass. 100%. Yeah, you had to bail that stuff and sell it. <laughs> yeah, I thought about calling farmer over. Asking if he would just run. Like you'd take, have to have a take bu- two swipes on a tractor. Yeah, you'd have to have a bush hog. Like the dude cut it. He had to cut it what two or three times again. Yeah. yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. It was thick and high. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, hey, uh, one last question because I know we're getting pretty close. Yeah. To no, you're good. Um, and I just lost it. No. <laughs> um, for new people that's just getting started, what would be the one thing that that you would say that you need to do this, whatever it would be. My 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 opinion is learn the basics of editing because yes. if you're getting started in shooting, um, shooting is one thing, but honestly, you can teach a monkey how to run a camera and get decent stuff. But in order to be efficient and tell the best version of the story, you've got to know how that goes together in the editing process. Like that was one of the things that the guys that brought their own footage from our editing class were starting to figure out. They're like. Yep man, why don't I have a shot of this? I need a shot of this. I need a shot of this. It's like once you learn the basics of how to put that story together in editing, it just opens your eyes to like I'm doing a really good job in the field or I'm doing a terrible job because I don't care how much footage you shoot. You there's, But that's also we get back to the difference in a cameraman and a producer. A cameraman is just somebody who holds a camera and follows somebody around and just shoots everything and vomits through their lens. To an editor, sure. that has little to no value. A producer is there getting the shots, telling the story, asking the questions, and getting the most out of their talent, whether that's themselves or that's someone else. Um, but you don't really understand the value of how and what to shoot until you understand editing. And I'm not saying you need to be a high-level editor, but you need to understand, you need to sit down with somebody who does know how to edit See a see a program with all the th- shots or, or or like for instance a piece of content that you really like. If you could somehow see how that looks visually in an edit and where they got those pieces and the shots that go with it, 
or you can break it down even simpler than that. Find a piece of content that you really like. And I used to do this back when I wanted to get into this industry and I didn't know what I was doing, but I knew I needed to learn. I would literally sit down with a notepad and be like, how long was this segment? How many shots of this did they have? Like, what yeah. was the different shot? What were the shot breakdowns? Correct. You know, this was a really tight shot. This was a really wide shot. Here's a shot of the house. Here's a shot of the truck. Here's a shot of the deer coming in. And they cut back and forth. And, like, I didn't understand how the puzzle pieces went together, but I knew I wasn't shooting enough stuff. Because what you don't realize when you start shooting is, like, especially if you're looking at doing a TV show or if you're not looking to do a TV show, you know, some guys will shoot something and they want to make it a 20-minute YouTube video. Okay, well, you, 20 minutes of watching you talk and watching the same leaf. It's like, dude, like there's so yeah. much more to it. It's like a 22-minute TV show. There's a cut every three to five seconds. Yep. There's a lot of there's a lot of production and thought and, and, and planning went into that, that shoot. But the reason we knew that is because we understand the back end of how to make that piece of, that piece of content or that story. And the only way you learn that is to learn the basics of editing. Yep. That's my take on it. What do you think? I'll let Clay go first. I mean, I'll go for me. Yeah, for me, it's the same thing. Yeah, film. Get out there and do something. Film something. Throw it in the editor and see what you can put together. And then yeah. find, and then try and figure out why it sucks. Exactly. Yeah. And everybody sucks at some point. Oh, hundred percent. So don't think we're. Yeah. We're, don't look. We're yeah. God's gift. And that's and that's another thing that not frustrates me, but like somebody, you know, we've had people send us something like to look at and they're like, hey, you know, you care to look at this for me, but hey, it's it's not like you guys, you know, it's not professional. It's like, dude, yeah, everybody starts somewhere. That's right. And if you saw some of the first stuff I put together, I'm embarrassed to show it to people. But yeah. I also had no idea what I was doing. The first wedding I ever did, I called the lady. I was like, hey, you, uh, you got your wedding video downloaded? Yeah, why? Wow. Okay, good. I'm deleting it off Facebook because it's trash and I don't want anyone seeing it. <laughs> so I deleted it. I was, she's like, oh, okay. Right. Yeah. The, I, the, the second thing I would tell them to do is just be consistent. Yeah. You know, if you think you're going to go out there in a day and then learn what you need to do, that ain't going to happen. No. You know, like a lot of, in the business world, a lot of people say um, leaders develop, they don't develop in a day, but they develop daily. Yeah. So if you're out there it could be anything. If you got a brand new bow, shoot a demo for it. You mm-hmm. know, pull it out, whatever, set it up, all that fun stuff, and then do some three sixties on it or whatever. Yeah. You know. Well, and here's another thing. Here's another simple little tip. Don't trust your mom's opinion. No. Because your mom's yeah. gonna say it's wonderful, honey. Don't yeah. trust your girlfriend's opinion. Don't trust your family's opinion because they're gonna lie to you. Um, my mother's a savage. If she well, doesn't like something, she will 100 percent tell me. Well, most mothers. <laughs> um. But I'm just saying, like, I've never created something. My mom wasn't just like, oh, my Lord, that's just wonderful. You did such a good job. I'm so proud of you. You need to find somebody that you trust that will be honest with you and be like, look, dude, that's really long. Like, the first thing I did when we had the seven-minute cut of the reels, I sent it to Chuck. Yep. He's like, he's like, it's really good. He's like, but, dude, it's long. It's really long. It needs to be, you know, which we knew it was long. We yep. knew before we sent it to him. But I like, I mean, that's why we, we only sent it to him because we knew his was getting cut. Yeah. His stuff was getting cut first. But we have, you know, we've we've developed. We did know, not send this to Chuck. Caleb sent it without <laughs> telling it. us. <laughs> I didn't know that Chuck was going to be involved in my editing process. But we work well as a team, essentially, because Ryer will bring me in to look at something. Yep. Clay will bring me in to something. And vice versa, I'll bring them in to look at something. Because sometimes when you spend as much time with a piece of content as we do, Sometimes you either 
you're so invested in it, you can't see. You're emotionally attached. Yeah, you're emotionally attached. Yeah. And sometimes you need somebody to come in there and be like, dude, that sucks. Yeah. Or, hey, that's boring. Or, hey, you know, not not a fan. Like, it's missing something. Like, there's been several times I've looked at edits and be like, it's good. It's missing something. Yeah. I don't know what that is, but, like, it's not giving me that wow factor. There's been a lot of edits I've done for myself, especially when I before I had Ryer and before I had Clay that I've done myself. And I'd watch it through. I'm like, I don't know if this is good or not. You know, and I would love to have had that person to say, what's this look like? Where'd you get bored? Because that was always Chance, our production manager. He would always come in. He would never say anything. But if any time he got bored, he'd go, all right, I'm bored. This something, I'm bored. Do something here. But if he didn't say he was bored, he literally, you'd finish the end of the video and turn around and be like, it's good. It's great. But that's about as much constructive criticism you got, but he would never lie to you. If he was bored, he's going to tell you, you know, and, um, and sometimes that's all it takes is having that other perspective, um, that can come in, but being persistent, that's with anything, man. Correct. That's literally with anything that you want to get good at. And some people, and this is, this was a hard realization for me is there's a lot of guys out there that ask us questions that want to film, but they're doing it just for themselves. They don't really care about, even really people watching their content. It's just for them to share with their buddies and their family. Yep. That's hard for me to real, you know, that's hard for me to grasp because everything I do, I want to be better. And like, like you said, persistence, like getting 1% better every day. Like everything we put out, like this reel that we just put out that we kind of all planned for and Ryder really crushed the edit. And we all kind of went through and picked it apart. And, and I mean, we all shot pieces of it. So it was obviously a collective work. And we really take a lot of time to do those things. But it's one of those things to where some people might not like it and some people will. But, like, I want that reel to get better every year. And this year was, I think, the best one we've done. And better. according to the, the feedback good. that we got and, you know, some of the potential work that's coming up of it, it was worth the effort. I mean, we've been working on that thing on and off for, what, two or three weeks? On and off for two, I think, yeah. total. I told, all in. It's I told Ryer. Six days. The day that we launched it, I came back to the office when I left the gym and watched it on my computer because mm -hmm. I didn't want, when he would send it to us in the group message, like all the roughs and stuff, I didn't want to watch it unfinished to the point that once it came finished, I wouldn't want to watch it anymore. Mm -hmm. So I came back here, speakers as loud as I could and watched it. And I walked out, I walked into Ryder's office as I was like, that shot of Lee went out holding the deer. And I was like, I could have watched that for another two minutes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The, it, Which is the feeling you want. You don't want people yeah. to necessarily so, feel like, satiated. Like my, like my brother, for instance, I sent it to him, and he sent it to a bunch of his buddies. His favorite shot was the shot right there at the pace change where Lee's shooting into the sun, and the, and, the, and the beat goes right on this shot. Yeah. He said, I got, he, my brother's like, I got cold chills. I watched that like five times. Yeah, good. You know, it, it's just things like, like you know, and he sent it to a bunch of his friends, and it's like, okay, we, we, we try and differentiate our reel because there's a lot of people that put out reels, and there, some of them are excellent. But we always try and do something different with ours every year because it's so easy just to put a bunch of gorgeous shots to pretty music. Yep. It's not hard to do. My but gosh. we always try and tell a story with ours, whether it's our story, whether it's our client's story, whether it's the story of the year, um, whether it's, you know, good times and bad times, whatever. We just it's that's the one thing with clients that we always try and push them towards is like, okay, well that's a cool idea, but What's the story? You know, what, what what can we, what can we, you know, even if we have to almost shoehorn in a story, like, look, can we like do something Figure better? Something you know, can we do this a little bit different? You know, a cool montage with high speed footage is cool and whatnot, but 
I feel lazy if that's all we shoot. <laughs> yeah. If all we, you know, if we go shoot a Rambo video and it's just a cool song with high speed clips going through water, it's like that's cool, but like it doesn't tell a story. Yeah, you know. And when you're starting out, learn how to do cool montages. I mean, it, they're important and they have their place, but more than anything, does it have a beginning? Does it have a middle? Does it have an end? Yeah. Um, and it's literally that basic. It's not rocket science. I feel like I'm rambling. What was the question? <laughs> What's the one thing you would tell people to focus yeah. on when they are getting started? Oh, yeah. that's the question. Okay. I just yeah. went down a rabbit trail. Dude, thank you so much for coming. Yeah, man. Yeah, we're an hour and 11, 11 12 minutes into this. Y'all got anything else? No? I'm good. Is there anybody on the live we can answer questions or anything? We yeah, y'all both took my ideas. Oh. oh, yeah. I forgot. We haven't. Did you answer? I was just going to say learn to get through your camera somewhat efficiently. Oh, yeah. I feel like a lot of people, like even when they would come to our production class, there's a shot they would want to get, but they couldn't figure out how to change the setting in their camera quick enough mm -hmm. that yep. they felt like they were holding people up and they're like, just forget it. And then they wouldn't get their shot. Yep. So not only getting, not learning your camera, but learning like setting function buttons to custom buttons. And but that comes with the persistence. Stuff. Right. Yeah. It comes in, yep. in the persistence of learning your camera. And that's what another thing I tell people in the field production part. Know your camera backwards and forwards because when you know how to get the shot quickly and efficiently, then you don't have to worry about how is that shot out of focus, is that shot this. You know you got what you needed. You can go to the next thing and you can be more efficient instead of worrying about, well, I don't really know how to do that part. A lot of those cool shots you see in our reel, a lot of those were done like, oh, that's cool, let me get that real quick, not, yeah. not setting it up yeah. and, and lighting it for 10 or 15 Correct. minutes to get a shot. So. For sure, yeah. And, the, I mean, there's value to taking 15 minutes to light something, but you don't have time to do that on hunts most of the time. It's get what you can get and do the best you can. You got something else? You know, no, no value add to that? We kind of took all your good stuff? We'll let you talk first next time. Uh, Yeah, I mean, mine, mine was uh, accept – the process and realize that you won't be good at first true story yep. you're not going to be good yeah. you're going to suck yeah um but in order to get better you have to suck for a certain amount of time and continue doing it and you have to have the desire and the perseverance to want to continue doing something that you feel like you suck at yeah i don't i don't think people realize like you've been doing this how long Ten, well, professionally, 10 years. You've been doing this how long? So I guess seven. Okay, so 23 years we've been doing this professionally, and like on a daily basis. 23? How you combined, six, three. 10, okay. seven. I got you. See, um, I always feel like that's one of the most relevant statistics. Anyway, They're like, we've anyway. got a combined 50 years of experience in the field, and it's 10 guys with five years, and it's like, I, I don't yeah. understand. That, anyway. I feel like one person with 50 years does not equal five people that add up to But what I'm trying to get at is like we've been doing it for that many many years and on a daily basis if there's a quiet second in the office and you listen to what people are doing on their computer someone's watching a youtube video about something yeah learning something yeah. always yeah well i still feel like you know the the realizing that you understanding that you're going to suck in the beginning so in the very beginning when i knew i sucked i compared myself to people that were doing it like i am now yeah. and i was like i suck compared to that guy and now that I feel like I'm at a higher level, I feel like I suck compared to the people that I want to be now. I don't think you ever get out of that. No. Because I think you, you're you always, if, if you're wanting to learn and you're wanting to strive to get better, in some sense or another, you do suck. 
because there's always something that you can improve on. Like I feel like, and I've said this on the podcast, I've gotten so down far the rabbit hole of running the business and making sure we have clients and making sure things are going good. I don't think I'm half the shooter that I used to be just because my mind isn't in it like it was. You know, I'm not, I can't completely devote myself to only shooting and being as creative as I can. Like I'll get, I'll look at footage that these guys shot and I'll edit it. I'm like, dang, that's good. Who shot that? Dang, that's good. And then I'll look it's at my usually stuff. me. <laughs> And it's then actually I'll, false. He's <laughs> lying. It's oftentimes mine. And then I'll look at my footage. I'm like, eh. Yeah. It's, it's okay. Yeah. Like, it'll get the job yeah. done. But it's like, I just feel like I've lost my creative See, juices. I don't because you always have ideas. The day you start running out of ideas is the day I'm scared for your sanity. <laughs> I'm serious. I always have ideas, but look, like. I'm just glad I don't have to answer the freaking phone like you do. <laughs> I hear you on the phone all the time, and I would. Like, I get two spam calls a day, and I'm ready to huck it. Like, I'm pissed. And you're getting if you you're guys, getting a call, like, every 15 you know seconds. What? I'm like, if, screw that. I'm you, glad I could go to my dude, edit cave, do you and know, nobody bothers me. I just had another idea. You're welcome. Uh-oh. Dude, if they made a small camera that had a, some sort of cache or loop function, which we could might, could do it with the Osmo, we just set it up in Ryder's office. <laughs> And wait for these things Dude, to happen, and then just one of us race in there to hit our record. Our social media deliverables for TikTok and Instagram would be done in a day. Oh, yeah, 100%. And, well, we would have to create another, like a, a Redneck Tech after hours account because it's it most of the time it's extremely explicit. <laughs> but I we can't. would get some really good stuff if we could just set up a camera on you that you just forget's there. And as soon as you have an explosion, me or Clay runs in there to hit the hit the record button. Or we'll just yell, Ryer, hit record. <laughs> <laughs> That'll diffuse the entire situation because I have I, another ADHD thing. It's just like I have a momentary lapse of, of filter and instant rage. <laughs> instant rage. <laughs> and I, I did, like it doesn't, it doesn't occur to me that there's not uh, that the amount of rage that I am feeling inside of myself and am now letting out of myself because I can't keep anything inside is not equivalent to the wrong that has just been done to me. The only time that it, that really s- hits home is when I just let out a fit of rage for five minutes and realize that it wasn't the computer's fault, <laughs> that it was my fault. And then you have to reconcile this fact that all of the all of the the vile things that I've hurled at my computer for the past five minutes rest sh- sh- squarely on my own shoulders. <laughs> and that's a very humbling moment. Now, do I ever remember that uh, when I have a sudden fit of rage? No. Uh, but, I, you know, you just can't stop those kind of things. But, like, in five minutes, I'm fine. <laughs> I just need to have my fit. I just need to get angry, and then I realize, oh, okay. The best let's... ones are when, say, Ryer gets here at 9 o'clock. It's always the rants. You see the comment that... Brody. <laughs> yeah. It's all... <laughs> like, if, if Ryer gets here and sits down in his chair at 9.05, the best rants are always the ones that happen between that 9.05 and, like, 9.45. That 40 minutes that he's trying to get Here's the day thing. started. Here's my thing. He's usually here till like, 9 o'clock some nights. Who knows what happens? Exactly. That's exactly <laughs> what I'm saying. Like, who knows the fits wish, of rage as we I miss. wish that door lock wasn't so loud that one of I, us could just sneak in. Because like, I know I've texted him before when he's here that late, 
And I'm like, because I'll see him post on Instagram, like something's happening or whatever. And I'm like, are you still at the office? And he'll reply back with something semi-professional, like, yeah, I was trying to do this and it started messing up. So I'm trying to like troubleshoot it now. I know right before that, he was dog cussing his computer. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I just, I want to know. A, you get like a security system that's like a 24-hour run. Yeah. And then we could just, whenever something happens, go back. You like, need a rage. Yeah. We need a, dude, you know what we could do with the extra room in the other office? Rage room for Ryer. <laughs> get a pad room. Yeah, pad just a rage room. <laughs> just sledgehammers and car tires and. <laughs> you don't really don't understand. <laughs> don't, and they're going to sit there and they're going to get pissed at me. <laughs> I'm but not getting pissed at you. I just think it's like, hilarious. Oh, you get so pissed. You know what I don't do? I don't give up on the piss. It <laughs> you makes don't. me so angry you're that persistent. now it's personal. Yeah, you're persistent. I, I'm going to figure it out now. <laughs> the solution may not always be the best one, but it is one. <laughs> or the legal one. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't done that many illegal things. <laughs> oh, all right. We're good. All right, we're going to end the podcast. We'll hang around if anybody's got any questions. But, dude, thank you so much for coming. Yeah. Um, Thank you for letting me. Yeah, so and you're right down the road, so we have to do this again. Chad is much quieter today with him actually being here. Yeah, Yeah, I know. So yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're not not welcome back ever again. You're (laughs) messing up our metrics. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys, peace.